Good morning, Valley Christian Church. Great to be with everybody here today. My name is Randy. I'm the executive pastor here. Dr. Greg is in Florida. He is at Disney World. Uh, Disney World or Disneyland? Disney World, I believe, Florida. You can fact check me on that one. But he is down there in Florida right now on a much-deserved vacation with his family because it actually got canceled last year because of COVID. So we are praying that he has an amazing time down there. I'm filling in this week. We are in week two of a series called Unshakable Future. Last week, Doc talked kind of about uh, the, the judgments a little bit and, and some other things about what's going to happen in the future and the almost end of days, if you will. And uh, this week, I'm doing heaven, and I'm super glad to be doing heaven this week because at least I am not doing next week's message when Doc comes back on hell, right? So he told me to tell you it's going to be hot, so you should come back for that next week, uh, Unshakable Future, week three. But week two, week two is mine. Week two is talking about heaven and I watched a, a message on heaven this week just, just to try and kind of like jog my, my mind a little bit, uh, get, the, get, the, get the juices flowing a little bit. And one of the things that the guy came out when he first started talking, he was like, how in the world are you supposed to preach about heaven? How do you describe like the indescribable? How do you imagine the unimaginable? And I was like, yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point. You almost, you almost can't. You almost can't define the undefinable, right? Uh, we know about it partially. We can read about it in the Word, right? We can, we can talk about it a little bit. We know a little, but uh, we won't know the full reality of it until we experience it for ourselves. It's that kind of a thing. Now, there's some things in life that, are, uh, that we learn by experience only, right? Sometimes, like, we, our best learning, uh, the best way that we can learn is through experience. And uh, I think that if we start to think a little bit about maybe uh, some of our best experiences here on earth, that might be a little, even a little bit of a comparison of what heaven is going to be like someday. And I started thinking about that, and I was like, well, what about, what about like a trip? Like maybe the best trip that you've ever been on, the best vacation, maybe the best even spot that you'd like the most on this earth, whether it's, you know, on the woods. I love the woods myself. Maybe it's over by the water or at the beach. My wife was a huge beach person. Maybe it is like Disney uh, with, with Greg and Susie that are down there now. Maybe it's, uh, you know, when you took that trip to Niagara Falls and you got there and the majesty, the big, huge just power of Niagara Falls just kind of like spoke almost beyond, almost through like this existence in a way and talked about something even almost more powerful than ourselves, right? Something big, something amazing. Awe, if you will, I believe would be the word. Maybe it's the Grand Canyon when you went there and you're like, oh my gosh, this place is awesome. Maybe it was, uh, maybe it was even going to like France and the Eiffel Tower and you were there maybe, uh, maybe with a loved one, maybe with a, you know, a, a husband or a wife and you went there for a honeymoon and it was just that moment together at the Eiffel Tower and there was just something about that moment, that destination, that place that spoke to your heart in such a way, right? And I believe that everybody maybe has some of those experiences in their life Disney, Niagara Falls, Grand Canyon, whatever it might be, Hawaii. That's another one that people seem to love, a destination people love that just kind of, just, it just feels special, right? And um, maybe a place where we're able to like let our guard down a little bit. Like sometimes we're not able to let our guards down in our everyday life. So sometimes a destination helps us to do that. We can get away, ideally on a vacation, from our issues and our problems and our concerns, maybe at least just for a couple of moments, 
and be able to be present in that experience. I think it's pretty amazing. I remember, for me, uh, one of the things that I remember is, is, this is a long time ago, I'm getting older now, but when I was a young man, it was like, um, a buddy of mine, we were, honestly, we were hippies, and we were driving from, from Massachusetts all the way down to Texas. That was a long trip, and it was just me and him. We were going off to some show or something at the time, and I remember the further we got away from where I was from, Massachusetts at the time, the closer that we got to the destination, the more free I started to feel, right? And we hit Texas, and I remember driving through Texas with our windows all the way down. I remember doing the thing that they do only in the movies where, like, you take your feet and you actually stick them out the window where you're like reclining back and your chair going down the highway. It was blue sky for as far as I could see, not a cloud in the sky, and I just felt free in that moment. I felt free. Now, it didn't last long because uh, like two exits later, we had to get gas, and I somehow managed to put diesel fuel into a gas engine, and we stalled like 15 minutes later. I told you I was a hippie, right? Okay, you can read into that what you want. I was a hippie. I done messed up at the gas station, and it happened. But for that moment on the highway, I felt free, and it stuck with me. I'm older now, but it stuck with me my whole life. Or maybe the experience isn't so much like a place or a destination, but maybe it was just a memory. Maybe your, your, your most treasured memories, like something that just like gets you in the feels, right? Every time you think about it. Maybe it was your wedding day. Maybe it was the birth of your child. Maybe it was some great milestone in your life. I remember one of the things that, that really kind of like speak, I'll be, I'll be honest, I'll be trying to be a little bit transparent here. One of the things that, that speaks dearly to my heart, I remember my wedding day, and I didn't catch this on my wedding day. I caught this watching the video back. And there was a moment at our wedding, Andrea and our wedding, where everybody like bent their heads down to pray. And we were at the, the, the head table, obviously. And everybody put their heads down to pray. And I was in the video, I'm watching myself, my head's down and I'm praying. But the, but the camera person panned to my wife and caught her doing something that I've actually seen my toddlers do, right? It's like, it's like it was the cutest thing, man. Sometimes, like, if you have a, a kid, a toddler, sometimes if you're praying at the table, like, the toddler kind of, like, looks up and looks around the room to see who's praying or whatever. And my wife, in that moment, so beautiful, it's seared in my memory and my heart. So beautiful. She, while everybody else was praying, she was, like, looking up with this huge smile on her face because she was just, like, so... Uh, just, just blown away in the moment that that was the moment that she'd been waiting for for so long, her wedding day. Oh, it's so beautiful. Maybe, maybe it was a, a, another one, like I would say there was a time I was at the beach with my, my younger daughter, my, excuse me, my older daughter, who's now like six, but at the time she was like two. And we're at the beach and it was just me and her for a while, and it was a beautiful day, just sandy, gorgeous, beautiful temperature. And we were chasing each other, and I was chasing this little girl. She's like two, two and a half. She's full of giggles, full of life, and we were chasing each other through the, through the tide pools. And she was just like squealing like only little kids can do. It was amazing. And I remember going home after that day, because maybe that lasted like a minute or two. But after that was over and we drove all the way home and I was going to bed at night, that memory was just like playing in slow motion in my mind because my cup, my cup of experience was almost overflowing. It was just so full from what that was. Sometimes I think to myself, if your life really is going to flash before your eyes, before you die, then moments like that would be like the last things that I see on this earth. Maybe. But I do believe that everybody has experiences like that that they treasure and hold on to. Maybe, maybe it's 
being young, being a kid yourself and, and being in the arms and the snuggle in the embrace of your mom or your dad or somebody who's no longer maybe with you. But a moment that in a way, it's like, it's like leaving like a fingerprint on your soul. And in that experience, that experience, if we're comparing that to heaven, I would say that experience is like taking like a little grain of sugar. And you can take one grain of sugar. Maybe it falls onto the table or the countertop and you just take it on your finger and you take that one little grain of sugar and you put it on your tongue. And it's strong enough to taste it, isn't it? It's strong enough to taste it. It's gone quick, but it's strong enough to taste it. And that's how I think heaven is like. These great experiences that we have on earth, these great moments that we treasure are kind of that precursor, that taste, that foreshadowing, if you will, of that taste multiplied times infinity that will last forever. And that, I think, is what heaven is like. That's why Scripture talks about heaven in such strong terms. 1 Corinthians 2.9 says this. He says, this is what the scriptures mean when they say no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. It's hard to explain heaven because we haven't seen it yet. We haven't even heard of it yet, really, in its fullness. We can't even imagine it because God is so much bigger than anything that we can imagine. And we've seen a lot, right? We've heard a lot in this life. The starry sky at night, the northern lights, the mountaintops, the streams running through valleys, the trees that change colors, all of these different things that we see with our own eyes and hear with our own ears. And yet, even as amazing as some of those things are, and creation was created to testify about God, right? But even those things are just microcosms. They pale in comparison to what God has prepared for those who love him. The breathtaking beauty of creation. But heaven, heaven is so much more. No eye has seen, but it's coming. Along the same lines, we get to, to 1 Corinthians 13. Paul is talking about this. He says, we know in part about heaven, about what it's going to be like. We know in part, and we prophesy in part. Like we're saying, we can kind of get an idea. It's going to be amazing. There's not going to be, you know, sin. There's not going to be pain and stuff. And we prophesy. We read the word, and we believe what it says, and we speak that. So we know, kind of, we can kind of see. But when the perfect comes, it says, the partial passes away. Right now, it's like the partial. We don't see it perfectly yet. When I was a child, Paul says, I talked like a child. I thought like a child, reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, when I grew up, I set aside those childish ways. So in a way, if we break this down here, Paul is saying that our life here in this world right now is kind of partial and incomplete. And he's comparing that to like childhood, the difference between being a child, a small child, and being a grown-up, which is a great big difference. He says, in that same way, now we see but a dim reflection as in a mirror, through a mirror, in a mirror dimly lit. And then we shall see face to face. 
Now, I don't know if you've ever, maybe ladies, if you've ever uh, tried to do makeup in the dark. Guys, I don't know, I'm, I'm trying to be not stereotypical, but guys, maybe you've gotten dressed in the dark or in real low lights. And when you get out into the light, you're like, oh my gosh, I don't even, I don't match or whatever, right? If you try to do your makeup in the dark, maybe you come out and it's like, I got a crazy like eyebrow or something. Now we see like in a mirror dimly lit. We see in low light. We can kind of make it out, but we can't see it fully. But one day it says we will see things face to face for how they really are. He goes on, now I know in part, but then I shall know fully even as I'm already fully known. Because God already fully knows us. I think when we get to heaven, we're going to realize that we never truly lived up until that moment. That life here on earth was like a foreshadow of actual eternal life. And that's going to blow us away. It's going to be thrilling and amazing. We are not yet what we will become. Existence is not yet what it will become. This is partial. You see, the perfect will replace the partial, according to the Bible. The perfect will replace the partial. The eternal replaces the temporary. The complete will replace the incomplete. Isaiah 34, in that voice of prophecy that we mentioned before, Isaiah 34 says this. He says, someday even the heavens, even the sky that we know, all the stars in the sky will be dissolved, Isaiah says, and the heavens will be rolled up like a scroll. Now I know we don't really use scrolls anymore. I mean, you kind of understand what rolling that up means. But it reminds me of like blinds in a house. Like a lot of us have like the individual blinds and you turn it and they move like this or that. But there's these old school blinds that sometimes we still have and you like pull it down and if you pull it down and let it go just right, you pull it down, let it go and it comes out and go, you know, it's like a blind like that. And that's how I see this verse. The stars, the stars in the sky will be dissolved and the heavens will be rolled up. All the starry host will fall like withered leaves from the vine, like shriveled figs from the fig tree. It's like fall foliage. That's the image here. That someday, not only the earth, but also what we know is the heavens, they're going to wear out. They're going to pass away. We're filming this in November in the, in the Northeast, and you know right now, if you look outside, the peak colors of fall have already began to fade. They've passed. A lot of the leaves have fallen down, but they're not all gone from the trees yet. There's a lot of orange turning brown, still beautiful, but that's what the trees are like right now. And Isaiah is kind of comparing, in a way, the times to that. That someday, it's just going to be time. And the stars will just fall from the sky like fall leaves falling from a tree. the heavens and the earth that we know will pass away someday. So John, writing some 800 years later in a book we call Revelation, apparently saw visions of this exact same thing happening and he adds some detail. See, God revealed it to him and he wrote it down for us. So when we pick this up in Revelation 6 here, 
Doc talked a little bit about this last week, talking about the two different judgments listed in Revelation, one for the non-believers and one for the believers. But we'll pick this up here in Revelation 6, and we'll kind of figure it out as we go which one this is maybe talking about. See, the heavens receded like a scroll being rolled up. And every mountain, John is seeing this, every mountain and island was removed from its place. Then the kings of the earth, the princes, the generals, the rich, the mighty, and everyone else, both slave and free. And it goes on and it says, they all hid in caves and among the rocks of the mountains. And they called to the mountains and the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. Now the good news is that's not what awaits us who know Jesus, who have the spirit already inside of us, who when we see him face to face, it will not be this experience. We will not be screaming out to rocks and mountains to cover us and hide us from him. We will get a different experience. Either way, though, our destiny is to come face to face with the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords, the creator of heavens and the earth. You might go this way, you might go that way, but everybody's going to see the truth face to face. And we're going to talk a little bit more about this particular truth next week with Greg. So again, you don't want to miss that. The good news for us as believers however, is revealed a little bit later by the same guy, John, in the same book, Revelation. Revelation 21 says this. He says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had what? Passed away. And there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. It goes on. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look. If we're doing King James English, it's probably, behold, God's dwelling place is now among the people. And he will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. This is kind of the money right here and I love this. I love this. I love this. this, this, is, this is, there's such hope in this next line. So many people throughout history have clung to Scripture verses like this when they go through trials and tribulations in this life. And they've clung to this and they've hoped in this and they've had faith in this and believed in the love and faithfulness of God through these words of prophecy. It says, He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning, or crying, or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. It goes on. He who is seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. And then he tells John, write this down. For these words are trustworthy and true. Everything will pass away someday. We hate to talk about it. We don't like to think about it. But the truth in the Bible is that everything 
will pass away someday. You know that. You look around. It's just nature. But Jesus here is saying all things will be made new. And this is all over the Bible. The writer of Hebrews refers to heaven like this. Hebrews 12 says, This means that all of creation will be shaken and removed so that only what? Only unshakable things will remain. It goes on, Since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, we're receiving an unshakable kingdom that can no longer die, that can no longer fade away or pass away. An unshakable kingdom. Since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him with holy fear and awe. That should be our response as believers to the hope of glory found in Jesus is worshiping him. An unshakable kingdom. Everything has been made new. But to live in the unshakable kingdom, there's only one problem. The issue is that we're going to need unshakable bodies. Eternal kingdom needs eternal bodies. Famously, 1 Corinthians 15.50 says this, I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Nor does the perishable inherit, excuse me, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. The mortal cannot inherit what is by by definition immortal. We're going to need to be changed. Our bodies, our very bodies are going to need to be changed if we are ever going to possess that unshakable kingdom. Heaven. And the good news is, in the same section of Scripture, it's explained. Verses 42 to 44, same chapter. It says, It is the same way with the resurrection of the dead. Our earthly bodies are planted in the ground when we die. This is like seed imagery. This is, this is the basic building blocks of creation that we even see all around us. That's how life to this day still works. If you want a tree, you plant a seed. Not to be crass, but it's true. If you want a human, you plant a seed. It's the same way with the resurrection of the dead. Our earthly bodies are planted in the ground like a seed when we die, but they will be raised to live forever. Our bodies are buried in brokenness, but they will be raised in glory. They are buried in weakness, but they will be raised in strength. And they're buried as natural human bodies, but they will be raised as spiritual bodies. Just as there are natural bodies, there also are spiritual bodies. That's been such an amazing hope. There's another set of verses over the millennia that has brought so much hope to people who are suffering suffering with ailments, suffering with loss, suffering through a bunch of things that this life is full of. And they've clinged, they've clung, they've held so tight to these words that someday this body is going to give way and be resurrected into a perfect body. No more pain, remember, no more suffering, no more tears. 
an unshakable body to inherit that unshakable kingdom that God is giving for those that love him. And this is why you can't get there based on good works. We'll never enter that unshakable kingdom based on good works. It just can't happen. We can't do it ourselves. It's by complete reliance on the great miracle of God. There's a famous quote. I don't know what, what preacher said it first, but it goes like this. God didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people live. It's not about being better. It's not about doing a little bit more, volunteering more, giving more. It's not about if I could just do better works and more of them. That's, not, that's like dressing up a corpse is how the Bible says it. He didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people live. That's the only way forward. It's the only way that we will inherit that kingdom of God. Really. Without Christ, the Bible says that we are dead in our sins. There is no other remedy and works cannot cut it. We cannot dig our way out. It's not possible. It's going to take a miracle, a miracle of God. No human in themselves can save themselves. We don't have the power. John 14, 6 says this. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. And I know that's not politically correct. But would you rather it sound good to your ears, yet be a lie? Or would you rather receive the truth as it is, face to face? No one can come to the Father except through me, face to face, one way or the other. All of us go face to face before God someday. Just look out the window. Just look outside. Just look at what's going on all around us in this country, in this world. Just look at the whole history of the world, people. Wars, rumors of wars, greed, envy, strife, violence, suffering, hatred. We are never going to evolve someday into this utopian society. That is the fairy tale. Because if that was going to happen, we would have seen that happen. There is no proof in all of human existence that that is going to happen. In fact, it seems that as the days get longer here, right? As time goes on, it seems like everything around us is shaking more and more. Doesn't it? brother against brother, sister versus sister. All around the shaking. Look at what we do to each other again and again and again. Conflict and manipulation and division. 
that is showing us that there's something very wrong with the world, something incurably wrong with the world around us, the world that we're in. There's no cure for that to be found on this earth. It had to come from heaven. It had to come from God. That's why, that's why we, we know in our lives, it's like, it's like something inside of us knows this and calls out and cries out for something, something better than what we have around us, something better than the existence that we see here. Even when we have it good in life, there's just some little voice inside of us, something there, because God has put eternity in the hearts of men, the Bible says. Lord, that's why every laughter ends with a touch of sadness. That's why we're always looking to cover ourselves with excuses and like fakeness and false personas and masks because we don't want people to see what's inside. We're terrified of being vulnerable. We're so afraid of being judged. What is that person going to think of us? We're so scared and we cover ourselves. We cover our nakedness, if you will, with this images made in our own image where it's like, oh, I'm all about work. I'm the guy that's all about work. I'm the guy that gets things done. Or, or, or my, my life is defined by the relationships that I'm in or who I'm with or the people that I get close to. Clout chasing, right? You've heard of that before maybe. It's like I am I'm defining myself by who I can manage to get close to. Or maybe people are trying to cover themselves with, with material goods and it's like your life revolves around the kind of car you got and the kind of clothes you drive and what other people think about you. So you try to put on that front and that mask more and more. But inside, oh Lord, inside will always be brokenness. And the condition of the world when you look outside is a reflection of our brokenness. Everyone is broken. Everyone falls short. Everyone sins and falls short of the glory of God. And that's why we rely on his mercy and his great love for us. And we work so hard to try and keep it all together and to avoid thinking about things such as the fact that our life is like a vapor, the Bible says. It's like a morning fog. You're driving to work. There's a little bit of fog and then all of a sudden you look and it's gone. It passed by. And the Bible said that's like our life. We don't want to think about that so we work so hard. We work so hard and we throw ourselves into so many things to avoid thinking about uncomfortable truths. while the furnace around us rages on and today becomes yesterday. It gets burned up and becomes yesterday and tomorrow moves down the assembly line and becomes today and then goes on and becomes yesterday and the fire continues. Everything, everything, everything will pass away someday and only one thing will remain. No one can come to the Father except through me, Jesus said. 
masks off. Can we, can we trust in the faithfulness of God, the love, the great love of God, enough to take our masks off before him and say, Lord, this is who I am. I surrender everything that I am. He knows us fully anyway. And can we rest? Can we learn to rest in him? In that love that endures forever, a love that covers more than a multitude of sins, and a love that accepts you for who you are underneath that mask because you've accepted him for who he is. A savior. The savior of the world. That's the imagery that the Bible lays forth. The world, even the heavens, is like this like sinking ship. It's going down. And Jesus, Jesus is like the lifeboat. a life raft for the sinking ship that is the world. There's no redeeming it. It will pass away. In so many ways, it's already dead. You know that children's story, Noah's Ark? At least we teach it to all the children. What Noah's Ark was really all about and pointing to, believe it or not, was Jesus. Because Jesus is that ark, that strong salvation in the face of the impending flood of judgment. He is that ark. He is that carrier, that thing that will bring us through. Will you trust in him today? Will you accept that offer today? Scripture says that the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord will endure forever. And that's not to scare anybody. This is not like a turn and burn message or something like that. This is just the truth of what heaven is. Heaven is the indescribable, amazing glory of God. It's like coming home after a long day out at work and you come home and you open the door and you're exhausted and you sit down on your sofa and you're like, oh my Lord, it's so good to be home. When we arrive at heaven, it's going to be like that times a million. We're home, but no one can come to the Father except through Jesus the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord endures forever. John 1 says this. It says, so the word became flesh. The word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. And so many of us would say amen to that. We maybe have not seen him in the flesh from like 2,000 years ago, but we see him clearly in our lives. Undeniable. 
through our eyes of faith that were a gift from him anyway. And we see that. We see that glory and we believe. We believe that we're going to see him face to face. Right now we see dimly, but then we will see fully just as we're already fully known. If you're already a believer, maybe it's time to press in in faith and say, yes, Lord, that you would help us to be ambassadors of that unshakable kingdom, that we are here, but we're here temporarily. We might be in the world, but we are not of the world. Our citizenship is in heaven. We are in that kingdom. That is our citizenship, and we are waiting. But while we're here, we're ambassadors of that kingdom, of an unshakable kingdom, an unshakable future. Is that not good news for people who worry every day about death and sickness and disease and have no hope? Eternal life in Jesus is the hope of the world. Let's be ambassadors of that ambassadors of the unshakable kingdom. Lord, Lord, you're so amazing. There's no words that can be said to truly describe you completely, Lord. There's no feelings that we've ever felt that could truly compare to what heaven's going to be like. But coming home to you someday coming home in renewed, completely unshakable bodies to you, to live with you in your kingdom that you created where no sin or death or pain will touch anyone. Where true love and true life await us. The thrill of victory. The hope of your glory, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for how awesome that you are, God. And I just pray, Lord, anyone that needs to know you, that needs to to know you and feel you and experience you, God, that your word, not my words, not this thing that I put together on paper, Lord, but that you and your spirit through your words, Lord, would speak to those people, that they would receive you in the name of Jesus, that their lives would change forever, that they would experience love and hope, true love and hope, all the rest of their days, God. Thank you, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, we just praise you, Lord. Amen.